There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning. You are listening to the Daily Doctrine Devotional. This is a daily podcast designed to teach and preach Bible doctrine each weekday throughout the year. This is Evangelist Tim McVeigh asking you to please let others know about this podcast so that they can subscribe or tune in each weekday. At the end of the podcast, we will provide you with subscription information as well as contact information for our ministry. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. And the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed. Song of the redeemed. In April of 2022, the Manassas Community Baptist Church of Blaine, Pennsylvania, hosted our King James Bible Conference. Pastor John Asquith, who is the pastor of the Black Creek Baptist Church in Black Creek, New York, was our guest speaker for three nights of conference. We've taken these messages and we've broken them into 15 podcasts, so that'll be three weeks, approximately 15 minutes per day, of King James Bible instruction and teaching. And Brother John deals with the history of the King James Bible. He deals with the authority of the King James Bible. And then, lastly, he deals most of all, most importantly of all, I should say, He deals with what the King James Bible can do for you. And so I pray these messages are a help. I pray that they're a blessing to each of you as you listen to the conference. All right. So let's go ahead, if you would, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 4. And we're going to look at this idea. Where does the Word of God even come from? How did we ever get something called the Word of God? You know, I spent more time in gin mills and bars than I'd ever want to talk about. I'm not proud of that. It was a terrible time in my life. I paid a price for it. But I think back to a young man that I was trained to preach with by the name of William Randall who left his parents' home and decided he should go out there and sin any kind of sin that he wanted to sin. And he said later, he said, my parents booby-trapped me. They taught me too many verses of the Bible. And I'd be sitting there in a bar and somebody would start talking and they'd talk about the book of Revelation. He said, I'd have to correct them. He said, he said they'd get around, they'd be arguing. Next thing you know, they're bringing up, the, you know, because they're drunk. So they'd talk about something they heard in Sunday school and he'd have to correct that, you know. And, uh, you know, but again, booby trap your children. Put that stuff in them. Give them the Word of God. Give them what they need. But, you know, one thing I've learned is the guys out there in the bars, there's a couple of them are horrible people. I know that. They're not all horrible people. Most of them are people who just don't know any other life. They don't know any other way to be. And that's why they're there. You want to know something? If they're sitting there in that bar and on the Discovery Channel, it suddenly came on and said, there's been a new tomb discovered in Egypt. It's the oldest record of mankind we have ever found. We're going to open it live on the Discovery Channel tonight. We're going to find out secrets from age past. That bar would shut down. The foosball table would stop. The pool table would stop. The chattering would stop. And everybody would be sitting there with rapt attention to find out what's going on. What is that? Do you understand that in this Bible here, I have the oldest records of God and man. And that I can open this up and I can learn those things. I don't need the Discovery Channel. 
I've been studying, or actually, uh, there's a book out called The Writings of the Gods. And what it is, it's a story of the founding of the Rosetta Stone, or the finding of the Rosetta Stone. For 2,000 years, no one could read hieroglyphics. Hieroglyphics had been some of the first writings ever on the earth and one of the most powerful kingdoms ever of Egypt. What made a kingdom powerful in those days? Well, for one thing, the Nile River flooded every single year. The Nile River is unusual in that it runs from the south to the north. And it broke, when it would flood all over the land and leave, it would leave rich, black, loamy soil. Well, we answer them? Oh, it's time for family devotions. All right. All right. Very good. So, Chelsea needs to go do family devotions. We all understand why. All right. But the thing is, it would leave this rich, loamy soil, and Egypt ended up producing more food than they could ever imagine. That's one of the first keys to any nation being prosperous, is being able to have enough food that you can have an army. Okay? How do you have an army if you can't feed them? And if every man can only make just enough food to feed himself, you can never have an army, okay? So Egypt actually could make way more food than anyone else, way more than anything else, and had all this prosperity, and for thousands of years kept records of all that they did. And somewhere around three or 400 A.D., the last person of the Greek hieroglyphics died. And for... 16, 1700 years, no one had any clue what any hieroglyphic said. And actually men who were masters at code breaking and languages spent years and years and could just never get anywhere with hieroglyphics. And even when they found the Rosetta Stone where the same thing was written in three languages, it was written in, in uh, uh, Greek, it was written in a, in a Coptic language, and it was written in the ancient Egyptian language, even then, they still couldn't break it. The hieroglyphics were so difficult. And it took almost 20 years from the finding of that to break and finally understand what these people wrote. And just to give you an idea, when they finally did, uh, an Englishman and a Frenchman really working simultaneously, sometimes sharing their stuff back and forth, and they finally began to break it. The more they could read, the more that would help them to read more of it. And just to give you an idea, the story of Hansel and Gretel, basically, uh, is in the uh, Egyptian hieroglyphics. The story of Rapunzel let down your hair. The story of Cinderella with the glass slipper. Well, why did the, the Brothers Grimm write those things down? Because they were just oral tradition passed through all those centuries. And here they'd been written down thousands of years earlier. Okay? But no one had any clue what they were. One of the great gifts that God gave to man was the ability to write. Right. To really to put down these words. And that's one of the things that Moses ended up doing. And this is one of the things that's such a shift when Moses comes along. Is now when God speaks to a man, they can write down what was said. Right. Okay? It can be written down. You can read it. Okay? Some of you mothers, you've written down notes for your kids when they get out of school. Alright? And... Uh, they try to interpret them. You know, do the dishes, put your clothes away, then you can have a cookie. You come home, the cookies are gone, the clothes aren't put away, and the dishes aren't done. They interpreted it differently, didn't they? All right? It was written pretty plain, but that isn't how they interpreted it. All right? 
But And God has that same problem. He writes down plainly and everybody wants to interpret it however they want to interpret it. Okay, But when you get into the words of God, I mean, there are some tough places. Let me tell you something. I've been reading the Bible for over 40 years and there are still a few places that when I get there, I bow my head and I pray because I don't have a clue why it says what it says. And I still don't know why God wrote what he wrote. But you know what I do? A, I blame myself. This is my fault that I don't understand this. And you want to know something? Over the years, I have had places that I just didn't know. I remember a place that for 25 years, I would bow my head. I read through the Bible twice a year. For 25 years, I would bow my head when I got there and just ask God, why? And I'll never forget sitting on a porch in North Carolina, and all of a sudden reading that passage and understanding why it said it. I almost couldn't move. It was so profound to me. Why? It's not that suddenly a fairy came down and clicked my head. No, what had happened is, finally I understood enough other passages in the Bible that now that foundation had come together and I understood. It's just like mathematics. You go ahead take a kid in the first grade and show him the Pythagorean theorem. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. Doesn't mean anything to him, all right? You know, give him all the math I've had and still doesn't mean anything. No. <laughs> but in other words, you build that foundation and suddenly he understands what A squared means, what B squared means, and he understands that. And he begins to get it. And it's really the same thing with the Word of God. The Bible says for precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Now, God said that they might fall backward and be snared. You know why? Because proud people don't get out of the Bible what they want to get out of the Bible. Therefore, they're snared when they see that. The humble God teaches. And that's one of the first things you need to understand the Word of God is to have humility and understand whoever wrote this is smarter than me. Now, one of the things I want my people to understand is this. Whoever wrote this book, this is the owner's manual from the one that created you. I don't know if you've ever had a car and had the wrong owner's manual. It's one of the most frustrating things in the world. Okay, You've got you know, a 2014 and somebody gave you the 2012 owner's manual. That's what you found at the yard sale somewhere. And you're trying to set the clock radio. You know, and... It won't work. All right, you don't have an idea why, but yet at the same time you can get the air conditioner to work right, and you can figure out, you know, what kind of oil to have in there, whatever. So it's partly good. One of the beauties to having an exact copy of the Word of God would be knowing exactly what God wants in every aspect of your life. What a great grace from God to give you such a thing, to give you a Word of God. So the one who created you, and that's really. When you come to the Black Creek Baptist Church, most of the people there who believe the Word of God don't believe it because I've gone and showed them manuscript evidence and I've shown them all these things about translations and things of that sort or a great archaeological discovery. What they've learned is when they do what this book says, they don't hurt anymore. You want to know something? If you go from door to door to door, and I don't care if you're in Perry County or if you go to Allegheny County, New York, people hurt. They hurt. 
They hurt because of the way they live. They hurt because of the dumb stuff they do. They hurt because of the rebellions. They hurt. And this book heals that hurt because it shows you how to live so that you're not hurting yourself. My father used to say, John, if you'd quit hitting yourself in the head with a hammer, you wouldn't hurt so bad. All right, what was he saying? He's saying you're a young fool, all right? Well, when I get into this Bible, God says the same thing. Hey, quit doing that, you won't hurt. Oh, I quit doing it, I don't hurt anymore. And you know what they find? They find a great wonderment. Two times in my church, I have had people come through the door crying. Why are you crying? Because we were driving to church and the children were singing hymns in the back. We never heard that before. These are children who went to bed every night listening to drunken arguments. These are children that went to bed every night listening to parents they weren't sure if they'd be together in the morning. Now they've been coming, listening to the songs of Zion and their parents are, I got the word of God now and they drove and suddenly they heard their children singing these songs in the back seat as they drove to church. Not once, but twice I've had that happen. It's one of the most wonderful things. Those people know they have the word of God. Why? Because it's healing their life. It's curing it. The one that created them is changing things inside of them. So 1 Samuel chapter 4, I want you to see here in verse 4. So the people sent to Shiloh that they might bring from thence the ark of the covenant of the Lord of hosts, which dwelleth between the cherubims. And the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, were there with the ark of the covenant of God. Now, what do we look at here? We looked at this idea of the ark of the covenant. Indiana Jones is still looking for it, but we've got it here in our Bible. Um, but the, the whole idea is this. When they made that ark, they put it there, and there were two cherubim whose wings touched, and they were over that gold mercy seat, and it was all made of one piece of gold. And God spoke to them from between those cherubim. You read the book of Leviticus and such, you'll find the book of Numbers, you'll find that Moses would stand there at that tabernacle, and God would speak right from that mercy seat to them. God that dwelleth between the cherubim. Okay, So that's where God spoke from. There's a lost soul who's tired of the sinning, and he longs to return to the Lord, as he cries for forgiveness and mercy. God is waiting. You have been listening to the Daily Doctrine Podcast with Evangelist Tim McVeigh. For correspondence, please contact us through our website and someevangelist.com and use the contact form to connect with us. You may also subscribe to the podcast through our website or search for Daily Doctrine Evangelist Tim McVeigh on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, or Amazon. To write to us, please use our church address, which is Manasseh Community Baptist Church, 70 Back Hollow Road, Blaine, Pennsylvania. 17006. Thank you for listening, and we pray that the Lord will help each of us as we study and preach the Word of God. Don't forget to subscribe and tune in tomorrow. And remember to look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Now the angels of God are rejoicing.
child has come home, and the saints all with gladness are singing the glorious song of the redeemed.